listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We begin with what had to be for me. And I got to tell you, folks, I've been doing radio in this town for years. And this had to be among the most frustrating and depressing weekends to be involved in sports in this town. Because when I hit the airwaves on the drive Sunday night after an unspeakable loss by the Jets and uh, an unbelievable loss by the Giants and everybody lost that day they played. Everybody lost the day that they played on Sunday. Everybody. And I'm coming on the air, and it was like, man, Jet fans were distraught. Giant fans were just just shaking their heads. Couldn't believe what was going on. And Nick fans were just like, well, (laughs) so what? Even the Nets lost on Sunday. And then last night, when I came on after the Nick game last night, I longed for a time when I heard this. Han Solo in the car. It was so easy living day by day. Out of touch with the rhythm and blues. Come on, Larry, sing it. Nah, man, you're doing doing great as a solo, baby. Keep going. I need a little give and take. The New York Times, Larry Hardesty Show. Whoa, come on, man. Those were good times. Those were times when teams were winning in this in this city. Those were times when you had hope. Those were times when you looked at Sam Darnold and you looked at the Jets and you said, you know what? Maybe Adam Gase, okay, maybe he's got things going the right way now. Maybe since he had that conversation with Sam Darnold offensively, We can get a roll now. We're starting to see some things. We're starting to see some things. You're a Giants fan. You're saying, you know what? Look, it's a bad year. We're struggling. We haven't won. But you know what? We got a quarterback. And we sat Eli down. But we got Daniel Jones. And and this way, okay, he he hits the ground running in 2020. So we're struggling this year. You know, he'll be okay. It was a it was a time when, you know, you're looking and you're saying, maybe things are going to look up. And right now in this town, the only people who get to smile consistently are Islander fans. And even though they lost tonight, they've been phenomenal this season. And honorable mention, give Brooklyn credit. The Nets have played well without Kyrie Irving. Some would say they play better without Kyrie Irving. I'm not here to try to start no trouble. But I'm just saying, Spencer Dinwiddie is able to score and keep people in, and get other people involved. Once again, I digress. So it caused me to think. Ty, Kyrie, it caused me to think and wonder about the state of franchises here in New York City. 
And that is, ladies and gentlemen, my Twitter poll question tonight. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. I ask this. After a disastrous weekend for many of the pro teams, which franchise do you think will contend for a title in their sport in the next five years? Jets, Giants, Knicks, or Mets? Now, what do these teams have in common? They struggle in the front office. And this is weird to say the Giants struggle in the front office because that's not always been their modus operandi. Okay, when Ernie Acorsi was there, they didn't struggle in the front office. But since then, they've had some issues. And right now, they are struggling. So it's really weird to have the Giants in there. But of late, you could argue, since this team is 0 for October, November, and the first game of December, they haven't won since September, they haven't won since September 29th. So I'm curious now, which team, because, and I said it last night after the Knicks. See, in, in the examples I gave you, with Sam Darnold, there's hope. You have hope. Jet fans have hope. With Daniel Jones, yeah, he, he turns the ball over, but you can teach ball security. You can teach through film study not to throw interceptions. You can make him, give him a chance to improve his decision-making abilities. Okay, you can do those two things. All right? But with the Knicks, what hope do you have as a Knicks fan? When I look at this team, what hope do I have that they're going to take that next step? And do I see a, a bunch of free agents banging down the door at the garden to say, come in? No. They want to build through the draft. I understand the game plan. I just don't know how effective the game plan is going to be because, as Allen said, and he was right on point, who's scouting? Who's making the decisions on who to take? And then the next question is, once you get them here, who's coaching them up? The Mets. See, the Mets are an interesting situation for me because they give me hope because they have arms in a sport that people pay big money, big money for starting pitching. The Mets have pretty good starting pitching. I mean, listening to the Michael K show earlier today, Zach Wheeler, a hundred a hundred million dollars for Zach Wheeler. A hundred million dollars. He's not the front of. He's not a number one starter. He was, what was he the number four starter on this team? He was the number four starter for the Mets. And there's a possibility that Chicago, the Chicago White Sox, who are in the lead, are going to give him a hundred million, a hundred million dollars. So if he's worth $100 million, what does Strasburg worth? What is Cole worth? So as a Met fan, yeah, I, I have hope with this team. They gave me hope in the second half of the season. Pete Alonso gave me hope. See, that's, that's a guy I'm looking at. I'm saying he's David Wright 2.0. 
Here's a guy that knows what he wants to do, who's a leader already. When the team was struggling, he was the one that was stepping up in front of his locker in the clubhouse, talking positivity about this Met team. So I have hope with the Mets. I have, I have Jacob DeGrom. I've got a back-to-back Cy Young Award winner. I've got, I've got Noah Syndergaard who I hope can get his head right so that he can be even better than what he's teased to be. I've got, you know, I've, I've got Jeff McNeil who is, who is, who was a, a, a batting champion candidate for the National League. I have hope there. So with a couple of changes and some different, and a better bullpen and some defense, there's a possibility the Mets could challenge. So I, as a Met fan, I got hope. If I were a Jet fan, I would have some hope. Okay. Because they haven't had a quarterback. When you have a quarterback, when you got a quarterback in the National Football League, you can, you can, you got hope. You can put other things around that quarterback. And if you're a National Football League fan, here's what you know. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL. Lots. So if you've got one, and I think the Jets have one, and if you're a Jet fan, you think you have one in Sam Darnold, you've got hope. With the Giants, you've got hope. But with the Knicks, I'm struggling to find hope. Is my hope R.J. Barrett? It might be, but i got to see more from him. It could be. But you need more than one guy. See, if 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 Nilakina was showing you something, if Kevin Knox took that next step this season, you could say, Okay, I got Knox and I got Barrett. Okay, maybe maybe the young guys, maybe maybe I got maybe I can build with something like that. Mitchell Robinson, those three, okay. We, we can do something. We can do something. Not right now. Love for you to participate in our poll question. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. After a disastrous weekend for many of the pro teams, which franchise do you think will contend for a title in their sport in the next five years? Jets, Giants, Knicks, and Mets. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. So far, early on Twitter, the response is, Junior H31 says, The Nets. T. Isaac 39 says, The Islanders. Keatsy Paisley says, The Islanders. It's just absolutely... Wrong one. Anthony Pusick who works here, says people responding Islanders and Nets are missing the point of this poll. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I listed the four teams who have the most disruptive front offices right now. Would you put, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Would you put the Knicks, Nets, and Islanders in the same sentence as far as winning a championship? Come on, stop. Come on. If you put them in the same sentence, here's my suggestion for you. Shut up! Okay? It's not what I'm talking about. Those, those, the Islanders have a great front office. They've got Lou Lamorello. He knows how to win. Okay? They're doing it the right way. You, I don't even have the Rangers because the Rangers have young talent. They're going in the right direction. 
okay, if the season ended today, they wouldn't be in the playoffs, but you could see what they're doing. And this is nothing new. And they brought in a guy in John Davidson that you know knows what he's doing. So the point is, that's why I listed those four teams. So your poll, okay, the response to the poll is limited to those four teams. <whistles> Drew Das Quattro on Twitter says, Mets have talent and are one or two pieces away with their current core. So he believes that they have the opportunity, okay, to win the title in the next five years. There are three or four people who don't think any of those teams will win a title. Let's see what you think. 1-800-919-3776. Go to Jersey. Talk to Ellis. Ellis, you're leading off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, my friend? Ellis. Whoa, Ellis. See ya. John in Bridgeport. What's going on, John? Hey, it's me, John from Bridgeport. I just want to say um, I poll on uh, the Mets. I say the you Mets. You think so? The Mets, huh? The Mets all day. Okay. Why they, do you think the Mets? I just think that they, I mean, they're not really structurally, they're, they're, they're not thinking right, but they're, are thinking a lot better than the Knicks and the Jets. Um, uh, I just, I just want to go there. I'm, I'm, I really called to just say that I'm a Cowboys fan, and uh-huh. I just wanted to ask you, what do you think if they do make the playoffs? And I mean, I know they're going to win. And if they could, they could lose the next two games all day, uh-huh. still, and they could still win the NFC East. Right. But I just want to ask you, what, what do you think? Do you think they're actually going to actually win a playoff game? John, I tell you this. Thanks for the phone call. No. I really don't. And here's why I don't. Because I think that in the postseason, they're going to take Zeke away and make Dak beat you. And I don't know if he can do that consistently against a better defensive team that they're going to see in the postseason. I mean, they've struggled offensively. Defensively, they're not bad, but they've struggled offensively. So I'm not really sure. This could be another year. And what makes it tougher on them is Jerry Jones has amped up the pressure on Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett knows he he's coaching for his job. And to be honest, it's about time <laughs> because he's underachieved with this, with this roster. He really has. Charlie's in Woodside. Charlie, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Larry, uh, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. What's up? Uh, I'm okay, but, well, I'm glad I didn't get done. So, I mean, I watched some Monday night yesterday instead of the Knicks. I mean, and, 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 and Larry, I mean, watching that game, I know the poll question, I chose the Mets, but uh, the reason why, I don't say reason why the Mets, but I want to say, I want to put the Giants, in my mind, the Giants are in the territory of, like, losing. It's going to be next five years. Five years, like this, like sixty-four to like eighty-one. One day, all of these missed the playoffs. But in terms of watching that Monday night game, I mean, by the way, it's a good game, but it's not like classic game. About a couple of weeks ago, Forty mm-hmm. Niners in Seattle. But I was, I was thinking about watching the games. Like, man, when are the Jets and the Giants prime time game? Whether it's Sunday night football, Monday night. I mean, let's say Giants or Jets, whatever. Eight, eight and three against, let's say, Jets, Steelers. Both teams, seven, I mean, eight and three, or one of them is nine and two. Giants, I mean, eight and three. Um, 
against Saints 9-2. and two. Mm-hmm. When were they going to have a big primetime game, nationally televised game? Both teams are bound for play. I mean, playoff position, a big-time, big-boy type of game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when are we going to have that? I mean, this is a New York football is in the territory of, like, garbage. In my mind, I think the Jets are closer. I mean, inter- I mean, in my mind, the Giants are closer. Giants are going to be abyss for the next five years. And I don't believe we don't have a franchise quarterback. But I'll digress on the next point if I want, if I want to make. I know our last time we talked about the Garrett call now. The Yankees are meeting with them with Strasburg tomorrow. So what do you, what my- do you think? As a Yankee fan, do you think that one of those guys are going to be in pinstripes opening day? The Yankees must. They must make him. In my mind, I know Cole's performing West Coast, either Dodgers or Angels, but also he's a Boris coin. I mean, he, he's going to make him go to the highest bidder. And in my mind, with this pitching market that is, I mean, Zach Wheeler is almost going to get $100 million. The cashman has to understand that, you know, the pitching market is different compared to last year. And over the weekend, Man, I mean, I mean, Larry, I was I was watching CeCe's online performance, and especially the LCS. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need big boy dominant starting pitching in playoff time. You do and in my mind, and in my mind, uh, let me, I mean, let me, let me finish a little bit more. I mean, with this team so win now more, it's almost like um, with this team having a lot of cheap players like Judge. I mean, uh, Torres, Sanchez. You almost like a couple of years ago, and in, in terms of relaying the football. You got Russell Wilson, who is not getting paid so cheap. You complement around with great defense, spending money on Sherman, I mean Sherman or Thomas, whatever. In my mind, that's the case for the Yankees. This team's so wide open to win. The Astros are going to punish big time. I mean, so that's why you want. I mean, he's not going to guarantee win a championship, but you want to maximize your window now to win a championship. And the next year's free agency is not going to go. Strowman, Mike Miner. Uh, Robbie, right? Those are second tiers. This is a big-time ace right there in the but market. But here's the thing, Charlie, and thanks for the phone call. Here's the issue. How many years does Mr. Boris's client want? That's the issue. Okay, I understand you want him. I understand that Yankee fans in their perfect window, they would love to have a repeat of the offseason of 2008 going into 2009. When you had two Fabulous pitchers at the carving board that we like to say up at Yankee Stadium being introduced to the media. And those two pitchers helped win you a title in 2009. As Han mentioned, the last championship title any team in the Big Apple has won in the past 10 years. That's unbelievable. When A.J. Burnett and C.C. Sabathia were introduced, I was there. And you could just tell in talking to Yankee fans going into that press conference and coming back from that, they were, they knew that they were going to the World Series with those guys, with Burnett and with CC Sabathia. So I know in the perfect world, you would love, love to have Garrett Cole and Strasburg. I know, I got it. But if I'm going to go by what I've seen from Randy Levine, Hal Steinbrenner, Brian Cashman and company. It's about years. It's not even, I don't think it's that, it's, it's a little bit about money, but it seems to be about years, right? Because if Corbin would have taken five years, Corbin would have been a Yankee this season. 
So it's it's about seeing what happened. And I know A-Rod was an everyday player, but it's about seeing what happened late in his career and understanding that as a pitcher, we're going to have a guy that we paid in his sixth and seventh year. Do we want to have that guy that that's ineffective, that we can't move and we're paying him $25, $30 million a year? That's going to be the issue. I don't know if it's, once again, I don't know if it's going to be years or money. I think the money will be okay if the years are right. And, oh, by the way, the time is coming when they do have to pay Gary Sanchez and they do have to pay Aaron Judge and they do have to pay some of this young talent that has helped them that they haven't had to pay yet. But day's coming. The day's coming. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Here are the early votes in. The Jets have received 20%. The Giants have received 28%. The Knicks, 6%. And the New York Mets, 46%. So 46% so far think that the Mets will win a title in the next five years. Hmm. Mario, 63028991 says, I would hope it's the Mets, but I don't trust any of these organizations. Jeffrey Allen, 114, none of the above. <laughs> we got a couple of none of the aboves. PD, PFD Home 1 says, do you realize how bad New York City sports are in general if the Mets are the clear choice here? <laughs> real answer is Brooklyn, though. Yeah, but Brook- I, of course the real answer would be Brooklyn. Of course the real answer would be the Yankees. Because they've got things going in the right direction. They've got folks who seem to be in the front office. They've got talent on the field. So, of course, it would be those. That's why they weren't listed. Come on, y'all. We're looking. We're talking about the teams who are struggling. We're talking about the teams who have questionable moves, made questionable moves in the front office. We're talking about the teams that you look on the field, you're like, man, they could use some more talent. That's why those teams are there. Okay? So, that's why we're doing what we're doing in this poll question. 1-800-919-3776. Let's get back to the phones. Let's talk to Mark in Newark. Mark, you are next on 9870 ESPN. Well, my consoling brethren. <laughs> What's up, Mark? You okay, brother? I was worried about you, Mark. Didn't hear from you Sunday. Didn't hear from you Monday. I said, uh-oh, I may have to drive to Newark and see what's up with Mark. Oh, I deserve that. It's cool. Um, no, I'm just checking. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just checking on you. I just want to know. You kidding me? Gary say that's the way love goes. That's the perfect song for me right now. Like, uh, that's the way love goes. I love my boys, man. I know you do. Only thing I can do right now like, is that I, I'm, I'm pulling us to go a strong eight and eight. I hear you. Well, <laughs> I gotta do that. Well, Mark, this is what you have to do along with the other Jet fans. You got to do like the team. You got to put this one behind you and look yeah. ahead. And and yeah. I got to be honest with you, I'm very concerned about Miami. 
I'm just telling you, no, Jamal, if Jamal Adams is not going to play, he's been the best edge rusher on this team the past month. I'm just saying, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. No, I'm serious. No, 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 Mark. I'm not trying to rub salt in the room, man. I'm serious. I'm concerned. I am. To be honest, me too. I know. You got to be. If with with your poll question yes. and, and with me trying to get past this uh, this really heartbreaking loss that I had Sunday, mm-hmm. um, your poll question is: It's obviously for me. It's the Mets. Okay. Because I was talking to my brother today about this very issue, and um, it seems to me that uh, when I watch the Mets are really good, and they're in a really good division, so. So whether we're going to win it in the next five years or not, Larry, here's the cool thing that I do. I like the fact that in baseball, I don't need a Ph.D. in psychology and the art of refereeing. Um, I, I can actually watch the Mets play, and, 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 and if Alonzo hits a home run, I get to actually cheer because, because I know the ball went over the fence. If Alonzo strikes out, I can call him a loser. You know why? Because he struck out. I don't have to figure out whether he hit a home run or whether he struck out. It's really kind of easy, easier on the uh, on the brain, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get you. So with the Mets, and then the other thing that's cool is, not only are they pretty darn good, but the turnaround for me feeling like I do, you know, it's as soon as the next day or the day after that. Yeah. I don't have to wait a week to feel like I do and hide from you on the phone. <laughs> so I'm going to say the Mets and the Jets. Well, okay. Which one in five years? The Mets. Okay. And if not, it's okay. It'll be a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, and that's and see, that's the thing, Mark, and, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. That That's the thing that you ultimately, if if any of these teams, or maybe all four of them, I mean, you don't know. More likely three of the four. But if if these teams get on a run like that, that means that they're looking at sustainable success. See, if, if, if they're contending for a championship, that means that the coaching and the players are right, the chemistry is right, and you can have sustainable success, which means that what Charlie was saying, you can have, you can, here's what you can do. You can not be afraid for your favorite team to be in prime time, that you'll be embarrassed. Okay, because you know they got a good squad. You know they got a really good chance to win. All right, and that's that's what sustainable success means. Yeah, you're going to have some bad years. Nobody, You know, only New England goes unscathed. (laughs) And even they've got trouble this year, and they're 10-2, and and they're having a bad year, right? 10-2, and and they're struggling. If you've got that that situation handled, if you've got the great chemistry on the court and the great chemistry in the front office where scouts are doing what they do and the general manager is making the moves that he or she needs to make and and the coach is doing what they're supposed to do and the and the owner of the team is just sitting back counting the money, not not calling downstairs and not being involved and not interfering, that means you've got sustainable success. And when you have the sustainable success, you're on the road to getting a possible championship. So hopefully that's what all these teams will do. It would be great. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it would be great. Sam's in San Antonio. Hey, Sam, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. 
What's going on, my brother? How you doing, Larry? I'm doing great, Happy, partner. Uh, What's happening? Belated Thanksgiving, man. Thank you. Same to you. To and you and yours. the family and the crew. Oh, thank uh, you. Just a quick correction. Um, the last New York championship was the Giants in 2010-11. Oh, okay. Uh, not, not the Yanks. So okay. I, 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 I was listening to Alan Hahn, but not really, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he said that. But the, the direct answer to your question, my friend, is none of them. Now, if you ask wow. who it has the better chance, uh-huh. then it's the Mets for the following reasons. You, okay. The obvious they have the better. Uh, they they have great starting pitching. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. the The secondary answer part to the, the 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 answer is that out of all the sports, baseball is the one that has the least effect of the coach. Now we've had terrible coaches back in '15. They made it into the World Series in spite of Terry Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, football, you need a you need a great head coach. Look at what Mike Tomlin is doing. Yeah. Versus what Matt, Pat Shermer is doing. Basketball. It's all schemes. So because of those two reasons, I'm saying that the Mets have the better chance to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win within the five-year time frame that you're you're laying out. Uh, rumors has it that they're looking at Josh Hader. But look at last year. Great starting pitching. What did the bullpen do? So yeah. you're right. The common denominator for all these teams are terrible coaching management, the whole nine yards. So, But the Mets have the better chance out of them all. You know, Sam, that's an interesting point because I think that um, the Mets are in an interesting position here because will they are they will they have the guts, the stomach to take a shot at a guy who was a phenomenal closer one year with another team and bring him to your team? And do you feel like, uh oh, because of what happened with Diaz, is this going to happen again? Do you go for yeah, a lesser go. name? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Uh, Sam, do you yes, go for <laughs> do you go for a lesser name guy? I mean, if honestly, you're, uh, yeah, go Larry, ahead. Where, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Um, where I'm spending the money this year, which I know they're not going to do, is Rendon. We mm. need defense and yes. we need clutch hitting. Yep. Um, if you're if you're making your team based on starting pitching, what's the next thing that comes after that? A good defense, right? Yes, especially the up the middle. Defense was horrendous. Yes, it was. So at least if you have Rendon, he's a he's a great all around player. At least he can anchor third base. You put McNeil back where he's supposed to. Over the last 15, 20 years, it annoys the living crap out of me that the Mets have these great utility players, but they put them where they don't belong. (laughs) Look what happened. uh, We all, we all know the names. Some of the, look at what happened to Justin Turner once uh, he got to the Dodgers and they stuck him at third base. Yeah. You know, that's just one name that immediately comes to mind, but there's a ton of them. We want to put them all over the place. It's kind of like how the Knicks right now don't have a freaking point guard. Uh I mean, we, we just have these players that we, just want to put anywhere it's not literally it's not pal baseball anymore put the player where they belong so they can have some type of a semblance there but no i mean i thought it was messed up what we were doing with mcneil last year yeah it definitely was but put him in the outfield why is he in the outfield doing what why is he in the outfield for robinson cano yeah are you kidding me yeah you're right larry I know there's a lot of other callers. Always a pleasure. Happy holidays to you and the family, my friend. All right, my friend. Good talking to you. You too. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Which franchise do you think will contend for a title in their sport in the next five years? Here's some responses we got via Twitter. Vote for Mark Jackson, says Larry, your show is great. Thank you very much. 
Mets don't have great pitching. They only have DeGrom. Everyone else hasn't done anything. I think the Knicks will get it together and eventually win one. Wow. <whistles> New York City Keto says, hmm, none of the above. He's not alone. A bunch of people have said that. Jay Sprague and why can none of the above be an option? But if I had to choose, I would choose the Giants. Jets and Mets front office is beyond dysfunctional, and the Knicks need to rebuild from the draft, which will take a few years. Justin Bryan, 323, says, what is your definition of contending? Second round of the playoffs? More. If you mean the playoffs, the answer is Mets. Anyone can make a run once you make the playoffs. I said a title. Win a title. So if you want to weigh back in, you can do that. But I said win a title. Four eyes. The Mets are cheap, but they have bats, starting pitching, youth, and leadership. By 2021, no Cespedes. Maybe no Cespedes this year. (laughs) Maybe no Cano. And we can use that salary for relievers. Jets are second choice. Knicks, quoting him, forget about it. Love to hear your responses. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Before I get back to the phones, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Now, I'm telling you, I'm watching these great games. Clint Capella was at the basket. Clint Capella was going up. Great pass by Russell Westbrook, by the way. Clint Capella was going up at the rim. He's right under the basket. He's 6'11". Seven feet if he's on his tippy toes. He's right at the basket, and he gets blocked at the rim. I said it before. I say it again. Will you dunk the ball, please? Slam it. You're supposed to go up strong where you're taking the rim home with you. That's the attitude you have on situations like that. If Larry if Larry was 6'11", and Larry was in the NBA, Larry would have been on SportsCenter on that one because I would have slammed it hard like you're supposed to do. You're 6'11". Why are you trying to finesse the ball? Who are you you trying to impress? Slam the ball in the basket. What is wrong with y'all? He's 6'11". Let me just go up in this. Let me finesse it up there. Finesse nothing. I'm telling you. Y'all lucky I'm not 6'11". I could could be a scrub in the NBA. Off the bench. 14th guy. When I'm getting in the game, I'm slamming on somebody. I'm just telling you. That's the attitude you have to have as a big man. Come on now. I get frustrated when I see that. I really do. That Nothing irks me more than to have some big man playing small. 6'11". That really used to ground my gears about Jason Collins back in the day. Not that you yeah. say that. Yep. Yep. I want to finesse the ball up there. It will look pretty. Slam the ball, please. What does Shaq, what would Shaq have done? Oh, please, are you kidding me? Barbecue chicken. Oh, give me a break. I know, what a great game this is. It is a great game. We're all like, it's all fabulous. We're, we're glued just, to the TV. This is the glue. Here. This is a great game. And it's a random rocket spurs on a Tuesday night in December. Playoff atmosphere, though. Yeah. Playoff atmosphere is like we're looking at this. And then during the commercials, we break in to see what's up with Melo and his boys. Camelo looking good, though. 
Carmella, I'm happy for Carmella. Back to the phones. Oh, somebody, I can't believe he didn't dunk the ball. 1-800-919-3776. Benny's in San Antonio. Benny, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, good evening, Larry Hardesty. Hey, man, you're one of my favorite voices in the evening when I get out of work. And um, just to let you know, I'm an original New Yorker, by the way. Uh, happy holidays to you and the crew. Thank you very much, Benny. I appreciate you. What you got for me, my friend? This is what I got for you, man. Um, I've been doing some research regarding the uh, punishment for the Houston Astros for what they're being accused of. Mm-hmm. I, I came up with a uh, a 30-game loss of home games, which will be split up and played between two cities. The first city would host 15 games at the Alamo Dome, and then the second set of the 15 will be hosted at the New Orleans Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And what would happen is five teams would play the Houston Astros at the Alamo Dome, which would be the Rangers, Athletic Dodgers, Cardinals, and Cubs. The second set of the punishment games will be played against the Mets, Yankees, Marlins, Rays, and Braves in New Orleans. I set it up this way because there'll be three game sets. It'll also expand the sphere of Major League Baseball because with the 30 teams, from what I understand, uh, Major League Baseball is looking to add two extra cities. All right, so Benny, let me ask you this. How, how does this punish the Astros? Because if they're the home team, they're still going to get money. They're still going to get money, but they're not going to get it all. And this is a first-time offense for them. This is the first time they've been um, accused, and most likely they're probably going to be guilty for what they're being accused of. Yeah, but here's the thing, Benny, and thanks for the phone call. Here's the issue. This is egregious. Benny, we're talking using electronics. Benny, this is not somebody, this is not, this is not somebody like sitting on, sitting in the dugout like, okay, he waved his glove. He, he flapped his glove three times. That means he's going to throw a curve. Every time he flaps his glove three times, he throws a curve. No, 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 no. They had video. Cameras all over the place. They're banging drums. They're whistling. They're singing. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And here's what makes it bad. Benny, they won a World Series. So now that's the issue. So it may have been a first offense, but it's egregious. It goes to the sanctity of the game. And look, there's gamesmanship. We know there's gamesmanship. Every sport has their own gamesmanship to it. Every sport does, but not like this. Not like what the Astros are accused of, and we're still doing. See, that's the issue. They were still doing it. They got to pay. I'm still waiting to see what the what what's going to happen, and when all the information comes in, I'm very curious to see what Major League Baseball is going to do. They're in the spot for this. They are. And here's what's sad. What's really sad is it takes away from there's always going to be that doubt in the mind now because Houston, listen, Houston, the Houston Astros still have a great team. They still have great players on that team. They're still an excellent team that has done some great things with pitching. Guys who have struggled pitching comes to there. They get to their, their club and they change them around. They, they, they improve them. So it takes away from what they have accomplished because now everything is tainted. Now you look at them, you wonder, huh, did they really, are they really that good? That's why it's got to be penalized and penalized heavily. 
You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight. On 98.7 ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. You know, Mr. T, I noticed that uh, when Kyrie's on the board, it's always a ladies' night. You notice that? He always got the ladies singing. Well, back in the days before he got married, you know, I heard he was a ladies' man. Uh-huh. Hopefully, hopefully wifey's not listening tonight. Well, you know. Putting the kids to bed. It's 11 o'clock. They should be asleep. They should be, be asleep. Absolutely. 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 Kyrie, your defense? I, I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't say You don't that, know that they're sleeping? We're, we're, we're three guys here. We're, no, they're sleeping. Yeah, oh, okay. they're definitely sleeping. Uh-huh. But we're, we're, th- we're three guys here. We're uh-huh. talking about sports. Sometimes uh-huh. we get passionate. We get heated. We need yeah. the ladies to mellow it out. Okay. While we reset. All right. Well, you know, three married men here enjoying our company, talking about sports and the intensity that it has. And, you know, you're right. Sometimes we do need to slow it down a little bit. I don't know, Ty, maybe Kyrie got something planned when you go home. I don't know, but what I would say is this. You know, if you if you are a passionate sports fan. Yes. And your team experiences what I would call a heartbreaking loss. Yes. I don't know. The last thing I want is, you know, hugs and cu- I don't want to be around. That. I just want to be left alone. Like, I remember I was sitting in my living room, game six of the ALCS, Yankees lose on the walk-off to the Astros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she asked, like, does, you know, do you need a hug? I said, no, absolutely not. I, I need to be left alone. <laughs> I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be looked at. Just leave me alone. So, question begs, and we get to the cause in a minute. This is interesting. So, the question begs, if she had just walked up and hugged you, what would have happened? No, I would have walked. I would have been angry. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm just different. And I'm not in the Dave Rothenberg category. Well, no, you didn't say that the wedding video went through the window. Yeah. He's he's throwing. uh, (laughs) You didn't disappear. Yeah. He's throwing. You you weren't gone for a year and a half. Throwing treadmills through the walls and staying at hotels for the weekend. So I'm not in that, uh, on that echelon. Uh huh. But I would like a little bit of space, at least for, you know, an hour or two or maybe the rest of the night. Now you're newlyweds, right? That's correct. Okay. So she has learned. So next, next time you have that issue, you're you going to be looking for her. Yeah. She's going to be nowhere near. She's going to be okay. I She's got it. She's learned. I got it. She's learned. That's good. That's a good thing. Absolutely. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. If you if you're the fan of some of these teams that we have in this uh, this poll, you've been angry for a while. <laughs> you've been frustrated. You've been you angry. Don't want no hugs. You don't want nothing. All you want to do is 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 take over the team and make some changes on your own. That's what you want to do. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas, and he's next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Being a fan of all of those teams, I'm. Quite suicidal now. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> Thanks, Kyrie. Appreciate it. Ty. Good looking out, fellas. Well, but you got the music. We're giving you the music, Trey. 
No damn music, man. I want a title. I want a title, man. I want a ring. I want a I want relevance after a certain point of the year, Larry. You know, change the poll, Larry, from can we just be relevant in football after Halloween? No. Let's stop low, Larry. You know, can we be relevant? Can the Mets be relevant? Like they were this year, can the Mets be relevant after the fourth of July? So yeah, so in other we- words, so so what you want the poll is Will these teams have meaningful games in the last month of the season? There you go. In their respective in their respective sports, will you be relevant playing games in the last month of the season? Okay, but I, but see, I know what the answer is to that, so I'm trying to give them some more time. <laughs> well, man, we ain't got a lot of time, Larry. I gave you five years, Trey. Five years. You go do something in five years. I sure hope so. I think the Knicks are bumping. The Knicks should bump into somebody by there, right? <laughs> yeah, we we'll hope so. Dear God, man. Okay, really quickly, you were talking about the jerseys early. Yes. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on that Blazer team. You see, they playing the seventy seven yeah. throwback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bill Walton crew. Yeah, that was a team that was a team that beat Doctor Lucas. J. Was, was Mo Lucas the toughest person ever? He was. He was then. Yeah, yeah, man. Was then. Now refresh my memory. Wasn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't it him that hit Daryl Dawkins in the back of the head? Man, they got that frozen in time. Man, yeah, I remember that. It's like the cha- it changed out the late great Daryl Dawkins. It changed how the league looked at him after that. That's right. That's right. Put it this way: Mo Lucas now is like Montrez Harrell mixed with Anthony Mason, mixed with like yeah, he's a he was what they would call a goon until now, until he I'm came thinking, to the Knicks. Now, let you now. I'll, I'll let your audience know, and I'm yes. pretty sure Tom knows this. Let yes. them know how good Ernie D was until he blew his knee up. Ernie D was an unbelievable point guard. Ernie D, mm. unbelievable, could pass off the dribble. Mm. Even had even had a little jumper. Now had a little yes, jumper. Could yes, get into did. the lane and and. That's what helped Bob McAdoo play the way he played. Listen, Absolutely. Trey, suppose suppose there was a three when Bob McAdoo was playing. Oh, man, stop. stop. Suppose there was a three when Bob McAdoo was playing. Because people looked at Bob McAdoo like, why he got to be shooting outside? Why yeah, can't he go in the post? Down below. Yeah, that's right. That's he was, he was, boy, he was like, Trey, he was lighting them up. Yes, sir. Until yes, they sir. came to the Knicks. <laughs> and then you do that every time. Look at Todd's face. Until they gave to the that, Knicks. Every, every time you say that, look at Todd's face. That McAdoo. So, while, while we're going down memory lane, Trey, and I know you got to rant about the Knicks. I'll let you get to it in a second. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Spencer Haywood. Oh. Bob McAdoo. Yes. Walt Clyde Frazier. Mm. We thinking we winning, man. We watched Bob yeah. McAdoo score the ball like crazy up in Buffalo. It's like, you know what? We could be doing something here. We could be doing something. Oh. Was it the jerseys, Larry? What, what was it? Larry? You know what it was? It was it was bad chemistry. And see, that's yeah. what people don't get. We we look at players. We look at we get this guy. We get that guy. Sometimes you can have too many stars. You need people that don't mind diving for the ball and and rebounding and don't care whether they score or not. And you know that knows no error, Larry, because everything that you just said. Is what this team is missing right now. Mm-hmm. We don't have none of that. Yep. You know, we don't have we don't have none of that. We don't we don't have that guy that's going to dive in the, in the in the in the crowd for the ball. We don't have that guy that's going to give up himself for the team. We have a bunch of individuals, and I, there was, there's this one thing that we used in high school 
and this is a high school. I know you know who my high school coach was, Billy Clyde Gillespie. Coach oh, yeah. That, uh, that was a high school coach. Okay. And he came up with it, and he came up with this with this theory, and it was and it was the word fit. Five individuals striving together. Mm-hmm. That's what that. This is a team sport, man. Yep. You can have great players, and you can have these great personalities in the game. If you do not have team chemistry. All five guys, when they look at each other, they know they got each other. You know how that is, Larry, even even to a rec game. When yeah. you got five guys that believe that they can go in there and beat the big – I used to go to the gym with guards. My, me and my boys was guards. Mm-hmm. So we all had to go in there together. It was five of us. So we had to play bigger guys. But we didn't go in there scared, Larry. They went in there scared last night. Yeah. They knew they was going to get housed, Larry. Yeah. Now you, sometimes you know you're going to get housed. And that's okay. But, man, I, yo – Somebody should have put their elbow in uh, in Giannis's chest. Somebody should have took a flagrant. Somebody should have knocked. Kevin Knox should have took a flagrant last night. But he ain't got the heart. Mm-hmm. You've got to have testicular fortitude, Larry, in this sport. And none of them have it. Moore, uh, Moore's got it, but he was he was out last night. Yeah. You know, Larry, it's maddening to watch this team. I'm going to keep watching. We say the same thing every night, Larry. It's like a broken record. It is. It really is, man. And it, 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 but we just, we still go watch, Larry. We ain't got nothing else to do. But it is comforting to watch Clippers in the Blazers. Yes. It's comforting to watch the uh, Rockets and the Spurs, like I said, on a random Tuesday. And yeah. I don't know how the hell James Harden missed that layup to end the, the second, the first overtime. But that's another story for another day. But Larry, basketball in this city is tragic. Football in this city is a joke. Mm-hmm. All we got to look forward to is them Yankees, man. They better get Garrett Cole yet, Larry. I'm telling you. I hear you, Trey. All right. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 